listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. Thank you, Jesus. my mic too far away from my mouth maybe I moved it up a bit if that helps nope. <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna start where uh, last time I spoke um, we were in second Kings and I read this story but I haven't been able to leave this story and I keep going back to it for my personal life for this <laughs> I just keep seeing so much in it. And you can turn the house lights up a bit, please. But I'm going to read it again to you. And it's 2 Kings 4. And it says, On the day the widow, verse 1, On the day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead. And you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and your neighbors. Then go to your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon, every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. I was reading this and I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to me, it's time to begin the preparations. It's time to begin the preparations. The oil, uh, I was reading some of the commentary and the oil that she was referring to wasn't necessarily oil Um, for cooking but it was anointing oil her husband was a prophet and often they would anoint people and so this was anointing oil so it was a small amount of it and the oil often refers to the Holy Spirit in the Bible and that there would be a, a pouring out of the Holy Spirit but There were preparations that had to be made, that had to begin. And so this woman, picturing it with me, this woman is broken. She's lost her husband, which has lost her income. Now she faces losing her boys losing everything, losing her house. There's, there is a desperation that's there that says, I, she's, in, it, she's walked through hard times. And so she goes to the prophet and says like, what do I do? What, you have to help me, There's, I, I, I need help. And he begins to list the things. This is what I want you to do. Go begin to prepare for a move of God in your life, begin to prepare. And so the first thing that he tells her to do is he says, go to your friends and go to your family and ask them for containers. Ask ask them for vessels that the oil can be poured out. And I shared this with the leaders a little bit the other night, but 
Her miracle still relied on the community. Her miracle still relied on the people and I couldn't help on the people around her that she was still to be joined. She was still to have connection with the people around her and I couldn't help but think of the verse that says, don't, don't neglect the coming together like people have made habit. Let's look at it because I'm not saying it right. Um, let me look here. Hebrews 10:25. can you put that up? Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. In other words, as the day is drawing near, people are going to get in the habit more and more of not coming together, of, of drawing away to themselves. And here he warns and says, no, 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 no. That's the day that you should come together even more because you need each other. And I think in right now, even in the sphere where we're in right now, I'm, I'm not against, obviously we are advocates for Facebook Live and we think that that's a great outreach and Joel's gonna talk to you one day about that and, and, and we think that church is great um, online at home but we think you should come together and meet. Come be a part of community. I, I was even listening to researcher, researchers, non-Christian researchers, and, and they, talk, they were talking about um, Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, and those are great connecting points. But actually research says that you do not get the fulfillment that our souls that we were actually created for until it's a face-to-face -face encounter. So the texting, none of it, it's a face-to-face -face encounter that we need with others. And so I think that it's interesting that in this verse, this is a warning like, hey, don't neglect it. Don't get into the habit. It's gonna be easy to get into the habit. Sometimes pain and offenses even will make it easy for you to get into the habit to withdraw, recognize it. Wait a minute, I'm withdrawing. because the enemy would have it that way because we were meant for community. So in this verse, she says, he, he says, go to the community because your miracle is connected to it. So she goes and she gets the things, but the next thing is she goes and brings empty vessels. She didn't go to her neighbors asking for full vessels of oil. She said, I need empty vessels. so that the oil could pour into. Empty so that the Holy Spirit can pour into. I'm gonna read a quote I wrote somewhere here. Full vessels can't be filled, only empty ones can. Charles Spurgeon says this, as long as there is an empty soul in a congregation, so long will a blessing go forth with the word and no longer. It is not our emptiness, but our fullness, which hinders the outgoing of grace. It's our fullness that's the problem. And I, I was reading this, if you know these, if you know these, then you know. These are portion cups. Um, I'm part of Beachbody, if you, and uh, every time it's a workout program, and every time you sign up for another workout program that comes every six weeks or so, they send you portion cups for your food. And uh, as I was reading this, I saw a picture of this that many of us, we show up and we're like, okay, God, fill me. This much, fill me. And then some of us are, you can, you can fill this much. And then some of us are, 
nails, nail problems. <laughs> and then some of us are this much. God, you can fill me this much. And then some of us are this much. And then some of us are this much. Just, I, you can fill me just this much. And we, we show up because we're full. And all that we have to offer. Is, and, he, and he'll fill it. You know, I was just listening to someone and I thought it was a great quote and I, it just came to mind and I hope that I can say it properly. But he says, if you have a glass, an empty glass of water, it's the emptiest part that gets, that gets the water the most. It stays, it stays um, full the longest, the, one that, the part that's the emptiest. It gets the most water, the emptiest cup. And God's wanting to fill us. But we're showing up with little bits. And, and I was thinking about it, showing up with these little, little bits. Fill me, God. Fill me, God. But we're full. And you know what we're full of? Not what you just thought. <laughs> we're full of ourselves. We're full of ourselves. Our, our, our selfishness, our selfish desires were full of pride. And God really began to talk to me about pride. That, that we get in the way of God moving. Our plans, our, our, our um, wanting to succeed, our dreams, all of those things actually aren't surrendered to God. I mean, maybe yours is, but there's things in my life that aren't, that aren't surrendered to God that he begins to point out and he says, that's pride. You're full of your own self. James 4, 6 says that God opposes the proud. He opposes the proud. God can't fill where there's pride. He, he opposes it. And it says, but he gives grace to the humble. In other words, in other words grace and pride can't work together. Pride stops the flow of grace in your life. You're doing it in your own strength. And we easily slip into this place. I, I, I easily slip into it as soon as I move into my own agendas. And it's not necessarily, it's a bad agenda. Sometimes it's a kingdom agenda that I think. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to do something good for the kingdom, but I'm trying to do it apart from him thinking that I can do it in my own strength. When we walk in pride, you testify to God that you don't need him. By not coming to him and laying everything down, it's what you profess to him. Pride gets satisfied by its own attainment and it stops you from apprehending the promises of God. I think of it like, we have this mindset that I'm working towards something, that I'm going to arrive somewhere and then I'll have it made, that's pride. that I gotta be somebody, that I... 
or that one day I'll get to the place where I don't need to trust God, that would be wonderful. Pride. And I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking about how I should be getting up every day and every day instead of having to move towards becoming something, being better, whatever, I don't know, just like moving towards being greater, that I would move every day towards being lower lower, 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 that every day that I would recognize that, oh my gosh, even today, even more, I am so dependent on the Spirit of God. Oh my gosh, even more, you're calling me to even more, I am more dependent on you and recognizing that I, I am so dependent on Him, more and more that, I, that I, I need to be in His presence. I need to get more of Him. I, I need it. Lower, lower, lower. The thing about humility is it causes you to become transparent. You're emptying yourself. It causes you to become transparent so that people around you can see God. But pride, they see you. Me and my accomplishments, me and the call of God on my life, me and, and all the things that I do, me, I'm a great mother, I'm a great business leader, I'm, a gra I'm great whatever, I, whatever. Instead of seeing God in me. Some of us, we need to get honest with our own selves. That's what God said to me the other day. I'll tell you a really vulnerable story. I... Um, A couple of years ago, I was asked to speak. And uh, they, they asked me to speak prophetically, which is a stretch. I, I'm learning, I'm, I'm, I'm growing in that. And, and so I was like, okay, and God gave me something and I, and I knew it was from God and I spoke and it was great and whatever. They asked me to speak again. And I did, and I, I spoke what God showed me. And then they said more more Let, let's keep going give us more and I, I kind of started to scramble I just like okay more okay I can do more I can do more and I started to scramble and and uh kind of I think maybe got panicked I don't know and so I I said what was in my head And I, I could watch it, I could watch it just fall flat, just fall flat. And man, I kicked myself after that. I just kicked myself, but I tried for years, two years, I tried to, to justify it. They just don't understand me. They, they, they're not, they, they, they don't understand what I was saying or it's just the different way that I, but I did hear from God. They don't, they don't get me, they don't whatever. And I just justified it and it would come up continuously and even more in the last, maybe six months where I would just beat myself up about it and then I'd, I would say to myself, it's just because they don't get me. It's just okay, it's okay. And that would kind of appease it. And the other day I was just, um, I was thinking about it again and I started to go into my same, like, you know, it was shame for sure, but like trying to appease it. And I heard God say, how about you just stop running from yourself and admit that you were wrong? Admit that it wasn't me and that you stepped out on your own. And I stopped for a second and I'm like, okay, yeah, no excuses. Maybe they, put, who, maybe they pushed me to, I don't, it doesn't even matter. I could have said, no, I don't got anything. Just admit you were wrong instead of running from yourself and use it as an opportunity to grow. I was like, and so I did, I'm like, I was wrong, I missed it. I missed God in front of a big group of ministers. <laughs> yes, I missed, yeah, I missed God, okay. And he goes, yeah, and you know what? I'm still proud of you. But, 
But see, pride was trying to cover me, protect me, protect myself. I've got this. Just admit you were wrong. Move on. Stop running from yourself, trying to protect yourself with pride because God opposes pride. Grace does not flow where pride is. And we need His grace. Measuring yourself to other people or comparing is the most undetected form of pride. Satan measured himself against God. Measuring yourself or comparing whether it's self-exalting or devaluing, devaluing yourself is still pride because it's still self. So we can sit in this room and be like, I'm not, no, I'm not prideful because I don't think I'm that great. But if you're still measuring yourself against somebody, it's pride. And his grace can't flow through that. Pride is contrary to Christ's nature. Nothing is as opposed to God as pride, selfishness, self-centeredness, self-seeking, or self-consciousness. Nothing is opposed to God as those things. That's why the Bible says, flee from it, run from it. Pride, selfishness, run because it stops the flow in your life. Run from it. Ezekiel 28. I want to read to you. This is, this is explaining, this is talking about Satan. And he says, you were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone. Red something, carnelian, pale green peridot, white moonstone, blue green beryl, onyx green jasper, blue, oh my gosh, I don't even know, lots of stuff, turquoise and emerald, all beautifully crafted for you and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created. I ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Your rich commerce led you to violence and you sinned. So I banished you in disgrace from the mountain of God. I expelled you, O mighty guardian, from the place among the stones of fire. Your heart was filled with pride because of all your beauty. Your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor. Your heart was filled with pride because of your beauty. Pride puffs yourself up, wants to be puffed up, wants to be elevated, wants, to, wants it to be about you. And, and here's the crazy thing, you recognize, I heard this, pride is one of the most insidious things because you can be walking on the stones of fire and have it creep in your heart and the beginning of the the beginning of what I read he says I created you I ordained you. I anointed you. You became prideful. But where did your beauty come from? 
You became full of yourself, but everything that you have came from me. His attention got off God and it became about him. And I challenge us to think this, where, where, where did it become about me and not about God? You can find pride hidden in control. God just, I just, that just came to me. You can find pride hidden in your need to control. Because you're trying to protect you. What you look like. How this turns out for you. You can find pride in my life hidden in my agendas. Where I start to feel uncomfortable in how the Spirit of God is moving, you'll find pride in my agenda. And I I promise you, this this is what he's been talking to me in my own heart and in my life. I promise you, you will lose if you choose pride. Pride is destroyed by your going low, by humbling yourself. Matthew eleven twenty nine. I want to show you something. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus is talking in this verse, and he says, "I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls." Jesus says, "I." am humble. This is the very nature of who I am. I am humble. I am gentle. They say that's the only time that Jesus verbally tells people this is who I am. It's the very nature of Jesus. So, We could raise the dead. We could cast out demons. We we could heal the sick. We could see all these amazing things happen. But if I am not humble, it's not the nature of Christ. And and I I almost think, I, I really believe that we are moving into some of the greatest days, I really believe it, that we've ever seen. But God help us that we think we did it ourselves. And I think that he's preparing us in these moments to be like, listen, get out of the way. (laughs) Get out of the way. Because there will be a tendency to walk in the presence of God and see amazing things and to somehow let pride creep in our heart, even at the little bit and think, this has something to do with me and it has nothing to do with you and it will stop the grace of God in your life. The want for the attainment of things. Stop. Jesus says, I am humble. Matthew 3, uh, verse 3. This is John the Baptist. And he says, The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he's the voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. Prepare the way. That's what God said to me, it's time for you to begin the preparations. Prepare the way, clear the road, get out of the way. You're in your own way, you're in the way, get out. Humble yourself. Make it about me. You know, the Pharisees, Jesus shows up. He says, I'm humble. Jesus shows up. And the Pharisees didn't recognize who 
he was. Do you know why? Because they were full of themselves. They were full of pride and they didn't see Jesus. I don't wanna miss Jesus because all I can see is myself and my accomplishments and the things that I've done. That's why John said, I do some things, but there is one coming. Don't look at me, don't look at me, don't look at me. There's one coming that's greater than I. It's not about me. We gotta prepare the way. This is, there's somebody coming that's greater than me. I don't wanna miss it. Clear the way. Begin the preparations. So we show up daily going lower and lower and lower so that he can fill me more and more and more so that I can pour out more. You know, (laughs) you know why some of us are exhausted? Because we're only getting filled a little bit because the rest is full of us. And we go to pour out and all we have to pour out is a little bit. And then the third thing in 2 Kings, back to 2 Kings, the third thing. Is she brought these vessels and she got them into position for the oil to pour out. There was no drops that were spilled on the ground As soon as all of the jars were full, the oil stopped. They were in position. And I, I know I've preached this a thousand times, but the the main thing is the main thing, the presence of God is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I felt like there's lots of us, and I know I carry it myself, is this guilt like Martha had, this guilt of I have to be doing something. I, I, I feel guilty if I'm not doing something. What are they gonna think if I, if I am just praying all the, what, I feel I need to do something. And I heard God say to me, he said, Megan, My spirit will do more than your agenda ever will. Get into position. You know, um, it was Cliff. Cliff said this to me the other day. We were talking about this verse and Cliff said, you know, the interesting thing about this story is the lady didn't know the oil was gonna pour out. She didn't know what was gonna happen. She just got into position. She just started to doing the thing. She started to make the preparations. She just did what what, what was told and she just got into position. And I felt like God was like, you need to get into position, get into my presence. You need to get into my presence. And I know that there for some, for many, maybe all, that there has been dry seasons. That is no more. Get into his presence. When I was in his presence the other day, I just started weeping, but my dad, when I was a little girl, he would take me shopping. Well, even when I was older, but when I was a little girl, he would take me, um, we lived in Saskatoon and he would take me to the mall and we would get a new dress and I would wear that dress home every time. And uh, so he would tell the clerk, cut the tags off, she's gonna wear it home. And then we would go to Cresto, or Crestos, Taco Time in the mall, and we would eat Crestos Saturdays when we lived in Saskatoon. And I was little, I was like four or five. And I would say, do I look pretty, Daddy? Daddy, am I pretty? He would say, yeah. 
He looked so pretty and I'd be so proud of that dress. I would rock that dress for a few days, you know? Because my daddy thinks I'm pretty. I don't remember asking my mom if she thought I was pretty. And I'm in the presence of God. And I just began to say to him, Daddy, am I pretty? Is my life, is my life pretty to you? And then I had this picture of Judah when he was little. And he would do all of these like kung fu things and jump off and jump off the couch and spin. And he never asked what I thought, but this is what he said. I have videos of it. Am I cool, daddy? Daddy, is that cool? Daddy, you think I'm cool? And you're like, yeah, Judah, you're so cool. Is that cool, daddy? It's so cool, Judah. And I have this picture of this should be the posture of our lives, of our heart. Is it cool? Is this cool, dad? Every moment surrendered moments, surrendered lives, not, not just God, I just surrendered all, like every moment is surrendered to him. Is it cool? Does it look pretty, daddy? Does it, because it, it matters. I'm in position. It's the position. Is this unforgiveness I'm carrying cool, dad? Is this lifestyle that I'm living pretty, dad? Is the pride cool? Me thinking that it's me, is it cool? They broke my heart, Dad. My heart's so broken. But I am going to forgive them. I am going to pray for them. I am going to love them and bless them. Is that beautiful to you, God? I go lower still. I go lower still, I'll lay it all down. You're asking these things of me and it's really gonna hurt my pride. But I need your grace. I need you more than I need anything else. What do I think I could carry this on my own? That's why pride comes before a fall because you're trying to do things that God called you to do in your own strength. and it will trip you up. So I let go, let go, I let go and get out of the way and prepare the way for the Lord. Did you know in Acts 2, you begin, you go read it, Acts 2, the beginning of the verse, what did they do? They were all together in one place. What happened? They all got into position. I get the praise and worship to come, the team. I felt two things. One, I felt, as I was praying last night and today, I felt that there are some that are like, I am empty, man. <laughs> like, I'm empty. And I felt like the Lord say, I, it's almost like you're like, I, I don't know about that pride, like I'm broken, like it's all been taken from me. I don't, I don't even have anything left. And I felt like the Lord say this, yeah, but you've been looking to fill your pain. You've been looking to fill that brokenness with other things than me. And I heard him say, today's the day of your filling. Seek me and you will find me. Jesus says, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Come. Drink of me, you thirsty? Come. Come.
And then the other day I was getting ready to talk to the leaders. I was, and so I was still stuck in this, just so much revelation. It's funny how God can speak in seven, the same story. And it's like just so much coming out of it. But I was driving and uh, there was a receipt on the floor in my car. And the heat was blowing. I had the heat on full blast and it was blowing and the, the receipt began to kind of move in the wind. It just began to go like this. And I heard God say, excuse me, let me just tell you this. I also have a console in the middle of my car where all those receipts go. There's a pile of them. It's embarrassing if you were to look inside there, just what's inside there. I have to cram it all in. And this one just didn't make it there yet. And so I heard the spirit of the Lord say, my wind wouldn't be able to touch that if it was tucked away. And I felt like the Lord was talking to me about myself, us, maybe someone here. That pride is what's kept you safe. That there's been so much pain in your life. That pride is what has kept you safe. The Holy Spirit says, my wind can't blow on that unless you let the walls down. Let the walls down. So that my spirit can blow on that. We're just going to go into a song before we end and I know that the Holy Spirit's ministering to you and I just want you to go into your own heart and life and whatever God's saying to you in this moment. If he's talking to you about pride, if he's whatever he's talking to you about and just, maybe he's, maybe he's telling you, this is what I want. This is, this is what I'm asking of you. And we go into that place and say, I'm gonna, I'm going to do what you're asking of me. Or I am going to go lower still. I'm going to let go of it. I, whatever it is, whatever it is, this is the moment. I want to get back to the main thing. I don't want it to be about me. And I know it's a process. It's always a process. But just the inviting of him into the space and say, you know what? It, it really is the obeying step by step by step. And I promise you, when you obey step by step, even if it's the little things, even if it's the, the going to someone and, 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 you know, asking forgiveness or just whatever, I, I don't know, just whatever it is, sometimes it's these little things. Sometimes it's the revealing of, of truth. But it's these little things that he asks of us that pride would say, you're good, don't do it, you're good, protect yourself. But it's in these little things that we actually become more free and more alive and more awake and more in awe of the presence of God. And so I'm just we're gonna go into the song and I just want you to talk to God. Just have a moment with him. If you wanna to come to the altar, do, do that. Whatever it is, whatever's on your heart. If you wanna kneel at your chair, if you wanna stand up and worship, just do whatever, but, but just focus on God. And let him work in our hearts. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. 
in our lives that we've removed you from. The parts of our lives that we think we could handle it. We can do it on our own. The parts of our lives that we've shut the door on. Father, teach us to be humble. Show us what it looks like a life of going lower still. To not think that we have to arrive somewhere. But that arriving is walking with you daily. courage that you're enlarging our capacity. And Father, as we get out of the way, as we move out of the way, that you begin to pour your spirit into us. And so, Father, we move into position and we begin to prepare. You're free, you're free, you're free. 
Thank you, Jesus. I'm caught up in this presence. Sing us out. And I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. And I think the beautiful thing about it is we don't ever have to leave. There's just as Jesus was talking to me about surrendering moments, surrendering every moment, every moment, surrender it to me. Be so aware of me in every second that you surrender it. You don't, you don't leave. You don't leave. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. We open up our hearts. And I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot. You're enough and take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I'm caught up in your presence. Thank you, Jesus. And I just want to sit here at your feet I'm caught up in this holy moment I never want to leave Father I just pray right now I pray over every person here but for Father those ones that have come broken and desperate Father I prayed this morning that they would that they would be filled today Father that you would walk into the middle of the space of the brokenness and cause life and cause healing I declare over them that there is a there is a turning there's a situation change that's taking place there's a happening that's coming there's a there's a suddenly that's coming but I hear the Lord saying that there's something that he's been asking of you to do and you're resisting it. And I heard the Lord say, it's not too hard for you. And so I declare over you right now courage. I declare over you strength. I declare over you that courage rises up on the inside of you 
as you humble yourself in the eyes of the Lord. And I see a suddenly taking place, like a whole entire situation change, like you were going one way and you couldn't seem to get off of this track, like it was like bad thing after bad thing after bad thing and you're like, God, what? And I heard him say, there's one thing that you've been resisting and it's been holding it back. It's time, for, it's time for the shift to take place in your life. It is not too hard for you. It is not too hard for you. This is a life-changing moment. And you will see acceleration take place. So Father, I just pray over them right now and I just thank you for the courage. I thank you for courage in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I heard that someone is in incredible mourning right now. Like you have, like it is a mourning of the soul. Where deep pain has taken residence and it is becoming and affecting all that you are. And God says, I am pouring on you the oil of joy, for joy will come, joy will spring forth. But what you've been reaching to, to fill that void, to to cover that pain is not for you. It's not for you. It is not what I have for you. It is not what I have for you. Let it go. Let it go and watch the flow of joy that begins to pour forth over you and from you. Let it go. And I heard him say, I promise you, I promise you, let it go. And you will see what joy will come forth from that pain. Let it go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you, Father God. I thank you, God, that you are moving in our midst. And God, we are moving into position, clearing things out of the way and preparing the way for the Lord, for you to be seen even more in us for your spirit to be poured out upon us. Thank you that you lead us into this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.